I am thrilled to announce that An Actor Despairs is partnering with a wonderful CBD company called Kind Farms. Everyone out there has heard of CBD. I started taking it a few years ago when I first started getting sober and to help with my anxiety. Sadly, as one can do, I was overtraining in the gym, and a friend recommended a topical and a tincture to help with the pain. I tried it. It was okay. However, recently, I was introduced to a product that has really changed my life. Not only has it helped me with anxiety, but I am stronger than I have ever been. I'm able to carry out lifts my body used to prevent me from doing. Kind Farm products have single-handedly changed my life athletically and personally. They utilize 100% local licensed farmers, organic cultivation, and CO2 extraction for superior CBD. Kind Farms is turning CBD to a kind alternative to pharmaceuticals. Let's transform tobacco row into hemp row. If you want to get involved, please reach out. Together, we can make a difference. You can use my code RYAN10 for 10% off. You can find them on Instagram at Kind Farms Inc. All one word. That's K I N D P H A R M S I N C. And their website is kindfarmsinc.com. Once again, my code for 10% off is Ryan10. And now, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Today on An Actor Despairs, we have actress Maya Taylor, who is the star of one of my all-time favorite films, Tangerine. Tangerine was directed by Sean Baker and shot on an iPhone and completely revolutionized the game. It is one of the funniest movies I have ever seen, and Maya is so amazing in it. Today, we're here to talk about her new film, Stage Mother. In this interview, we talk about her transition, her journey as an actress and how it found her, and what it means to be a woman in today's world. Maya, I have so much love for you, and thank you for your immense honesty. It was such a pleasure, and I can't wait till we do round two. Here it is. Maya Taylor, welcome to An Actor Despairs. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I don't say this very often, but when I saw the movie Tangerine, that's one of the few films, I think, since like A Clockwork Orange, where like, I just didn't know you could do that with cinema. The fact that it was shot on an iPhone, how good it looked, how cool it looked, the tracking shots of you guys on Santa Monica Boulevard and just everything that was done. Like Sean Baker, you, like it was, it was, it was, it was a coup that film, you know, like things like that, they don't happen that often. And when they do, you celebrate them. And the fact that that movie did so well at Sundance and then got the Oscar hype, like I was rooting for you and I wanted it. Ah, I just, I worship that film. And anytime I like, I talk to people, I'm like, have you seen Tangerine? And I'm like, we can't talk anymore until you've seen this movie. And then, (laughs) Now getting to see you in Stage Mother, it's, it's amazing to watch Justice Prevail and you continue to work. Thank you. I like to say I've been pretty blessed with life. Yeah. Um, the whole crew of Tangerine, I still remember it like it was yesterday. Just, it was very hot. <laughs> <laughs> it looked hot. 
<laughs> and, yeah. do- and donut time is no more. <laughs> no, it's not. Not anymore. It's very sad. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's still there as a building, but not a business. Yeah. But they still do donuts. Do they? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I-, I miss it a lot. That whole area has changed a lot. But yeah, I love Tangerine. It was fun. I would definitely do it again. Well, let's start from the beginning. Did you grow up in North Dakota? No. No. Okay. So the interesting story is that I ended up meeting a guy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm all ears. Let's go. (laughs) And I ended up moving to North Dakota. And um, at first I wasn't extremely thrilled about it, but you know, I was like, I'm going to try it out. And at the same time, I was doing all of my touring for Tangerine, just traveling the world and different interviews and things all the time. Um, It was kind of a break from that lifestyle. You know, I'm doing constant interviews and auditions, three and four auditions every day. Um, Sometimes I'm scheduled to do 22 interviews in one day and two screenings and two Q&As and 64 autographs. And that was my London trip. (laughs) Um, It's it's just, it's a lot of work. You know, people see the glamour of the yeah. life, but it's, it's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> the monotony of it all. Well, how about if, if you don't mind from the beginning, where did you grow up? So I'm from Texas. I was born in Houston, Texas, and I okay. grew up in Richmond, Rosenberg, Sugarland area. And how is that experience? Cause that can be kind of a weird, you know. Um, well, at the time I was still a young boy. Yeah. You know? Um, and I was very, I wouldn't say closeted because at school I was open, but at home, I knew not to bring any of that home. Mm -hmm. So, um, (laughs) that experience, I guess you could say I live a double life. (laughs) A double agent, so to speak. Yeah. And, and was that tough then, you know, with the parents, because I imagine they weren't welcoming to that energy, which is why you had to live the double life. Pretty much. I was more scared. Um, I grew up with my grandmother and my grandfather, who was married into the family. And um, I think like he knew and like he would say certain things to me that I didn't like. So me and him, we didn't really get along growing up. And um, I ended up coming out to my grandmother in L.A. We took a trip to L.A. and I ended up coming out to her. And the next day she just went home. She <laughs> what went home. Um, but, you know, it wasn't that she hated me or didn't love me or anything. It was, I guess, to her, it was more of the fear of my life because of, you know, how she grew up religious and right. that. And so, I mean, I understood it. It was what it was, but I was going to be what I was. So you were, you were fighting to be who you are. And and at that time I came out as a gay guy. Wow. And transitioned until I was 22. Did you know when you were a gay man that that was only the beginning of, of the the butterfly transition, you know, or. Um, Pretty much at that time. um, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know what to really think about transitioning because I know that it can be a struggle. Yeah. I mean, there's so much more to this story, but I'm not going to go so deep into that, but I know that there's, there was always the thought of, are you going to be passable? Are you going to be able to pass in the normal 
life. You know, that's what was on my mind. That's that's not what should have been on my mind. Yeah. Um, you know, my focus should have been just be yourself and accept who you are and love yourself. Don't worry about what other people think. Um, that's what I would tell any person who's just now starting to transition. But yeah. at that time, I had that fear of people just knowing, you know, and I didn't, I didn't know what my outcome was going to be as a lady. Yeah. Um, luckily, it turned out to be fabulous. <laughs> yeah, but- <laughs> it sure did. <laughs> well, p- parents aside, you know, w- was it hard to come into your own in a state like Texas? I can't imagine that's an easy place. Um, When I was growing up, it was school and home every single day. We were not allowed to have friends over. I didn't go out to the movies or to skating rings or anything like that. It was very much, you know, you get on the bus, you go to school in the morning and have your ass back at this time, you know? (laughs) So that's just how it was. And you had no choice but to make good grades or you get your ass beat. So academia was your life. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wow. And I'm curious with this, you know, being able to be yourself at school and not at home, this notion of performativity, did that, did that draw you into like theater, film, yes. TV at all? I was in theater and choir. And wow. the interesting thing is my voice has always been really high. My transition didn't change my voice at all. Um, this is, I've always sounded like this, but um, in theater, I was so good that in two months, they pushed me to theater too. Wow. (laughs) That's amazing. Interesting, fun fact. And then in choir, I didn't sing with the boys because my voice was so high that they put me with the girls. So... (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. It's a, a little bit of foresight. That's a, I, I love that. And then <laughs> when, when you were there, I'm curious, at what point do you feel like the idea of performing for a living or even not even for a living, but the idea of like getting up on stage and performing, did that ever kind of come into your soul and be like, this is something I'm interested in? It was something I was very interested in, but you know, um, I thought it would have been hard to get into the entertainment industry and to most um, people who aren't in entertainment, they would think that it's never going to happen. You know, only a few people live that life and this and that. And that's kind of how I thought, but then I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a star someday. Yeah. Someday somebody's going to know who I am. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't think that it would happen the way that it happened. And, and talk to me about your past. So then when you graduated, where did you go? When I graduated, um, in that month of graduation, which is the month of May, um, we came to L.A. It was me, my aunt, and my grandmother and my other aunt and my brother and sister who are younger than me. Um, I can't do the math right now, but my sister was born in 98 and my brother was born in 99. Okay. Um, I was born in 91. Um, I'm, I'm 90. Nice. <laughs> yeah, 90. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, I had ended up coming out to my grandmother at that time because my aunt, she was like, 
Oh, honey, I already know. You know, just tell them and then you can just stay here and just stay with me. And then that's what ended up happening. And that's how I ended up in L.A. Wow. Amazing. And then when you knew what was going to happen. And and when you got to L.A., did you find, you know, I mean, compared to Texas, did you find that very welcoming and forthcoming as a community? Um, There's so much more to this story. There's a lot more to the story that happened between my aunt and I. But I ended up being put out into the streets to sell my body to support she and I, and she was my pimp. Oh my God. Yeah. That's what happened. Wow. So I know that... you didn't see that coming, but that's how I ended up in sex work period. And when that happened, you know, I imagine that brought a level of, of tension and perhaps resentment between you and your aunt, or was that no. it was what it was? It was what it was because remember, all I knew was going to school and coming home. Yeah. And here I am finally opening up my life, you know, as far as who I am to the family. And here she is taking me under her wing. And now it's time to grow up. This is what life is. You know, and that's what I thought it was going to be. I thought that this is the life. This is how it has to be. This is what you do to yeah. survive. Um, because what I did mention is that my aunt is transgender, too. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. But growing up with her, I didn't know, you know, because she's, she's immensely passable. I remember oh. when I was like five or six years old, I remember her being a boy and we'd be playing or whatever, you know, and then she left for a few years. But when she came back, she was a girl. But oh I didn't God. think anything of it because I was like eight or nine years old at that time. You know, yeah. it was like whatever, you know. Totally. So, yeah. So she introduced me to the life and said, OK, well, this is what it is. Bitch, get out here and make your money. Wow. You know? And at so, this point, had you fully transitioned yet? No, I was a boy in the daytime and a girl at night. Wow. And I'm curious then, because you had to survive, were you able to do any kind of classes or any kind of like, you know, performance for, for you, for, for Maya, for, or it, it was all survival? Living with my aunt, she knew that I could sing. Yeah. And she wanted that life of being a star, you know, because she felt like she had that talent. And I'm not going to say that she didn't, but mm-hmm. I can say that she didn't sound like me. OK. Yeah. So, you know, that really wasn't the focus for a few years. And then eventually she and I ended up moving to Las Vegas, where we ended up finally falling out because I got tired of being treated a certain type of way with her. Yeah. And so I ended up moving back to L.A. on my own with nothing but like two hundred and twenty dollars. I had to the mega bus from Las Vegas back to Los Angeles and I got a hotel for like four days like not one of these high-end hotels that you normally see me in now yeah like, it's like 40 dollars a night and that's that's what it was and that started my journey into maya taylor wow a few months later i had went to therapy and everything because 
I had just been through so much by that point. And then um, I missed her. I missed my aunt, even though this was the person who didn't really treat me well. Yeah. But she was what I knew, you know, she was what I knew to be love. Yeah. And now me and her aren't together anymore. So I went through therapy and everything to try to really get my head back in the game. But all I knew was sex work. That was my hustle. And um, I ended up meeting my best friend, Alfred. And he's like, bitch, why don't you just get a job? You know, you're too young because I was 18. It's like, you're too young to be out here doing this, you know? And I had applied for all these jobs and everything. And it just, it's hard to get a job in LA, period. Oh yeah, I know. You are a cisgender white man with a master's degree and it's it's hard to get a job in LA. Um. So I ended up doing sex work still, and I started my transition. I had went to Children's Hospital. I got on hormones. And, um, well, not at that time. It was like a month later, I started my hormones. But in that month is when I ran into Sean Baker. Got it. And and before we jump into Sean Baker, I'm just very curious because, you know, there are a lot of people listening to this podcast that are dealing with identity issues of all kinds. And Mm -hmm. I I, I don't want to skip over the incredible triumphant, you know, amazing persistence and and the ability to stay buoy during dark times like that, that you are for those dealing with identity issues. How how did you survive? How did you not cave to despair? How did you not? You know, like, how did you keep going? I've always been the type of person where I didn't realize this early on, but years later, I started realizing this. When bad stuff happens to me, I don't just dwell on it. You know, it's like, okay, it's over. I've overcome that. It's in the past. I'm moving on, Mm -hmm. you know? So I guess that's kind of how I did it. And also it's like, when you're in a bad situation, Make fun with it, you know, like don't let yourself stay down. Surround yourself with good people. Surround yourself with fun people. You know, kind of like how when we did Tangerine, I told Sean, I said, I don't want to make this film sad. I know that the subject matter is sad, but I want people to laugh. You know, that's why I loved it, because it's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) So then. That's amazing. Thank you for answering that. And then, so talk to me about how you met Sean. So one day I was at the LGBT center on Santa Monica and McAdam. I was dressed in all black. I remember it like it was yesterday. I had like some knee high boots on some black, very, very tight jeans. I was like a size two at the time. And, um, me about 158 pounds. Um, I had long black hair with the Chinese bang, these big glasses, these big sunshades and a black leather jacket and a pearl necklace on and a black purse to match, of course. And Sean, I I could see him in a distance walking around trying to talk to these groups of girls. And I guess he wasn't getting what he wanted out of them. And he came over to talk to me and my best friend, Shanice and Alfred at the time. And he asked us, he was like, so can you tell me anything about this area? I'm, I'm working on a project and this and that. And he's like, I've passed through here and I see so many things that go on, but I really don't know what's going on. <laughs> so, 
So I walked with him down the sidewalk and I introduced myself and I told him, well, let me tell you what goes on over here. <laughs> you take him to the car wash? <laughs> <laughs> and I guess like from that moment on, he was he was in love with my personality. And yeah, how, how could you not be? You're, out you're, there you're so lovable. And he says, these are his words. He says, when I first saw Maya, I thought she was a star. And I, you know, and I agree to that because I did look like that, you know, yeah. and I still do. I agree. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to write the whole, the whole movie. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up having more meetings and we um, we would meet a Jack in a box. OK, because it's right about, by there. I guess it was kind of kind of in the middle of, you know, yeah. where he lived and where we hung out and everything. So we would meet a Jack in the box. And I ended up bringing Kiki on to go and talk to him because remember, I was the youngest out of all of them. Yeah. And they've been out there much longer than me. They can tell him more stories and just more things about the area. So I brought her along and he saw us just, we sat next to each other and she's so opposite from me. Um, Okay, I'm not being catty or anything. Yeah. But <laughs> she's more like like hood, like hip hop, and this and that. <laughs> and I'm I'm just so opposite of that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so and he saw that and he was like, Have you two ever acted before? And see, she had did drama before too. She had did drama in school. Plus, she does drag. Oh, so, you know, she's she's used to acting and doing all of those things. And she's great with makeup, by the way. Um, And he wanted us to. um, To tell him more stories and he came back with with um, like a script, like maybe two and a half weeks later. And he had us read it and we were like, "Uh -uh, this ain't working. I would never say this. None of these hoes around here would never say nothing like this. Yeah. So we ended up changing a few things and um, voila, there goes Tam Green. Um, So did it end up becoming more of a treatment and you guys kind of improv'd? Or was it? It was was a full script sort of treatment like though. Um, Got it. Yes, in the beginning it was a treatment and then he turned it like the the full copy into a full script. And we still ended up improving a few things because it's just, you get caught up in the moment and we yeah. were familiar with what that world was. So, yeah. Well, and I, I mean, it's so cool that let alone this artist came in and infiltrated and you guys got close, but you know, when you're shooting a movie on an iPhone, not to sound like a dick, you're shooting a movie on an iPhone. So you may not see that this is going to be an Oscar movie when yeah. you were filming it. Did you, did you see that coming or did you, were you just in it having fun? I was just having fun. I had no idea, you know, that, and we were getting paid too. Yeah, of course. course. I didn't mean to belittle it. I'm sorry. No, 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 not that, not that. Um, I didn't think that. Yeah. Um, but I'm just telling you like the reason why we really, really took it on too is because also we were getting paid yeah. and we both needed the money. It's like, okay, bitch, well, we got a job. It's temporary, but we got a job. Do your best. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
I had no idea that it was just going to be what it was, you know? I didn't think that we would be in theaters or winning all these awards and everything. Yeah. I had no idea. I really just thought that I was just doing a great project and we were both doing something that we loved doing. Yeah. But it ended up working out to be bigger than what any of us could have thought. Completely. And when when that started to come to fruition, you know, I know there was probably a gap between filming and, and the release, but when all that started to come to fruition, did all of a sudden this feel like, you know, I myself, I, I don't believe in God, but did it feel like destiny in some ways? Like this, this is how it was all meant to happen? I think so. Because when Tangerine happened, my whole life, it just... It changed. It really changed. In this order, I had ended up moving permanently to North Dakota because L.A. was a struggle. Yeah. And here, just like the rent for this apartment, I pay seven ten. Wow. This apartment would probably be about maybe twenty one hundred. And for sure in Koreatown, you know, and I have a two stall garage with a BMW sitting in it. Wow. So, you know, it, it would just, (laughs) it will be very, very different in, in LA. Um, but I ended up getting my name and my gender changed. Mm. I got all of that done immediately because if I was going to be applying for jobs and everything here and trying to go to school for nursing and everything, I needed to make sure Nobody knew because I was not having any of that. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. And I'm I'm curious then when when as you did the press tour and as it garnered, did you feel like acting was was your thing, or did you still think like there's some other things that I want to explore? Acting was it was just it was amazing. It was like a dream come true. But I yeah. also feel like. I started to struggle a little bit mentally. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you why. Because remember, I had just started my transition. I didn't know who I was at the time. And here I am on the big screen and all these different theaters. People judge and people say things that are just not that nice. Yeah. And I was told, stay away from reviews and things. I mean, well, you know, comments, stay away from comments and stuff. Totally. Yeah. Um, Because even though the comments that I did read were very good, there were always two or three that would be. And they live in your brain. And And you're just, you know, not the nicest things. Like, for instance, when I'm on YouTube, because I'm on YouTube all the time, you know, I watch the Glam Twins. I I love the Glam Twins. Or I watch like Brandy's channel. I love Brandy. Brandy's like, she's, that's that's my baby. I love her. Or just, just anybody. Like Doug DeMiro, you know. The oh, you like lo- you like Doug DeMiro? I love him. I, I love Doug DeMiro too. I just had the, <laughs> my best friend Denzel Whitaker, who's an actor. Him and I go back and forth talking about Doug. That's so funny. You love Doug? Yeah, I love him. And Hoobie's Garage and Vehicle Versions and What about Super Clara Blondie? Do you do you like? Yeah, her? I watch her too. Yeah, yeah, Super Clara. Yeah. loves BMWs too. BMW, yeah. they're they're my car. Yeah. I've had I've had the Range Rovers, I've had three BMWs, three Mercedes, four Jaguars. I've had all of them. And wow. my favorite is the BMWs. They're so fast. And mine's tuned. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Touche. That's amazing. But 
I guess the point is like when I'm on just channels, period, if it's something that I don't like, then just yeah. click out of it. Don't say anything mean. Yeah. They work hard on making their content. So why would you bring them down? I mean, just because you don't like it doesn't mean somebody else isn't going to like it. Totally. Or if you feel like maybe you want to give them some constructive criticism, be like, okay, so I like this, but I'd like to also see you do this. Yeah. But that's how you should comment. I'm I'm very curious, you know, because like as Tangerine, especially as it was getting that Oscar momentum, mm-hmm. I imagine you got swooped up by an agency and a lot of things were maybe being tossed your way or ideas were being put in your ear. And the one thing I've learned about Hollywood is like they either they want to see you do the same thing 20 times, oh, yes. you know, or so I'm so curious, like what what made you, you know, you don't have to name names, but what made you sign with who you signed with and what was interesting to you to, to do next outside of Tangerine before we dig into Stage Mother? I signed with, um, with ICM. Okay, great. And um, the reason why I did, because I met Joanne Wiles, who's my agent at, um, I met her at Sundance. Okay. It was very interesting. We met in this, we met in this huge, we, okay, it was this huge party at this mansion that had like 12 bedrooms and two swimming pools and everything. Oh, entourage style, pun intended. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> She's walking around with her glass of wine. She's like, oh, hey, I like you and this and that. And we instantly clicked. Yeah. Um, then I ended up being partnered with Framework, Framework Entertainment with my manager at the time, Alan Mendel. Okay. Um, he's also in my my um, Spirit Award speech. The oh, where I mentioned my my manager, and it's kind of a, a hesitation of oh, but I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> because Alan and I had like this love hate relationship because I just we're not going to go into that. But yeah. he's not my manager anymore. But. <laughs> Oh yeah, to say. <laughs> I love that. The problem with him, it was that mouth. That mouth is something I could not take. Yeah. <laughs> but now I have Aaron Brown of Avalon Management, and I adore him. He's so sweet. He listens to me. Um, he knows what I want, and he knows what I don't want, and he knows what not to bring my way. Yeah. What I mean by that is. I get a lot of offers to do sex work or some type of victim or, you know, play something like that. When you say sex work, you mean sex work in a narrative? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, we're past that, girl. Come on. (laughs) Ain't no going back to the Ramada. But not to bring those things to me. I mean, yes, projects are projects. Projects are going to make you money. But also, Maya Taylor is a brand now. And I have other people that look up to me. I can't be out here just filming films about sex work when transgender women are trying to get away from that. Totally. I don't want to keep us in it. So... While you're bringing that up, I I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Of all the auditions that you've been on in, say, the last two years, how many of them have been just for being a woman? Oh, a lot of them, actually. Oh, amazing. um, 
it's not even because of the producers of the film. Mm -hmm. It's because Aaron's like, you know what? Let's try this because you are a woman. You know, I looked apart. I sound apart. Let's give it a go and see what they're going to say. Amazing. So do you think we're, we're getting to the point where trans women will just be seen as women, not and not, you know, like in the way euphoria, not to belittle that show, but it's like, oh, you're playing the trans woman. You know what I mean? By I would love to say that we're getting to that point, but no. It, it takes a name and, and a brand <laughs> to get there. <laughs> and a BMW in your garage. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's amazing though but then t- talk to me about stage mother you know how did this come your way so Aaron and Joanne got together and normally when I get auditions it's either coming from Joanne or it's coming from Aaron yeah but this time they got together and we had a conference call and I'm like oh my god what did I say what did I do did I do something wrong in an interview or something what was it yeah <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, so we have a project that we want you to look at. And they send me the script and they um, they tell me, you know, it's going to combine singing and acting and dancing, which I was more nervous about because I haven't danced in years, yeah. you know. But I was excited just by it being singing and acting combined. And I read the script and I loved the, the, the subject matter. I loved... Um, I love that it was going to be something different. You know, here I am playing a drag queen, which is something I have never done before. I was a little kind of, I just don't know because I'm a trans woman. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, it would be interesting. And I know trans women who play drag queens. And then I was also thinking, well, let's face it, bitch. You don't have another gig for another year. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta kill that talk. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Pandemic, motherfucker. <laughs> With all of that group then, I was like, you know what? Yes. And then... They were like, you know, um, the producer wants to to talk to you. The director wants to talk to you. And we ended up having like um, a phone call, a conference call. That's what it was. It was a conference call. I, th- I don't know why I thought it was going to be a Skype meeting. But no, it was a conference call. Were Adrian and Lucy already attached to this? or I don't that- think they were completely confirmed at okay. that time. Got it. Yeah. I think someone else was supposed to be in it. I just don't remember somewhere on one of my projects. Maybe it was this one where Blair Underwood maybe was supposed to be in it or something. I don't know. Something like that. But anyways, yeah. Um, I ended up flying to Halifax, Canada and I met everybody and everybody was just, you know, with open arms. It felt like home immediately because it's like all the people from the community are here, you know, (laughs) Totally. Um, you know, I, I see um, Alistair over here getting his hair pulled and straightened and this and curled. And I'm like, bitch, that looks like it hurts. But, <laughs> 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 but that's just how it was, you know, like there's just wigs and makeup and everything just everywhere. I was like, oh, I'm in heaven. And was that fun in some ways? Because it, it sounds like you kind of missed uh, or not missed, but you didn't do the the drag phase. Like, was that fun to 
to have that experience. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, when I first put on that wig, I felt a little, you know, like like my neck. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, I, I would say the hardest part about it was the platform heels. Yeah. Because I don't wear platform heels. I wear just regular heels. You know, the heel where it's it's actually on the floor like this. And then there's like a heel back here. You know, yeah. that kind of heel. Um, that was different because as I was walking, it's so hard to like keep your balance, keep your keep your foot from going like this. As you, it was hard. It was yeah. very hard, especially to be dancing. And then you're in these shoes for hours and everything. And um we had me fitted for a corset. We had a corset custom made. And I told them, I said, you know what? I need to be extremely snatched. Cause at this time I was like maybe 40 pounds more than what I am now. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to be small again, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so the, the costume person, yeah. um, there were two costume people. I can't remember exactly what their names are. But there was the man, um, I had him to put his knee into my back and pull those strings as tight as he could. To, I could feel my nerves pinching and my stomach. Yeah. <laughs> but I said, it's okay. It's okay. We're going to get through this. <laughs> <laughs> because I looked good. That's all that mattered to me. <laughs> That's amazing. I also want to say here, because I want to give you the credit that you deserve, is that, you know, in 2018, 2019, Hollywood and, and its politics, you know, have moved towards, you know, diversity and, and LGBTQ and all, all the different iterations of, you know, the alphabet. And I think it was you in your film that was the catalyst that started all of that. And none of that that's happening now happened without Maya and Tangerine. And it, and it, it really was that film that started it all. And people maybe not localize it as much yet, but I'm telling you, when the history books are written, you changed history. And I have so much respect and admiration for you because – you're an artist, but you're also just, you're a survivor, you know, and you were able to endure things that most people don't have one one hundredth of an idea of and turn it in to, to comedy, you know, of all yeah. things. And <laughs> I, I, I think that's just so beautiful. And I think that's a lesson, not just actors, but we as humans, we need to hear, you know, because it's, it's how you shape it and it's how you look at it and it's what you make from it that determines who and what your history and legacy will become. So I have such eternal gratitude to you. Oh, thank you. That makes me feel special. Yeah. Well, can you tell <laughs> me what, what, what's next in the pipeline for you? Well, as of now, I still do my day job, which I'm a nurse. Mm-hmm. And I would just go to work and come home every day. I still do auditions. Um, Has that been tough for you, by the way, in the pandemic? It is because I'm not getting as many auditions that I would normally get. Now, my last audition was probably like two weeks ago. Yeah. You know, normally I'm getting like two or three auditions in a day. But also, if I did get a part in something, it's terrifying because a film crew makes up, you know, it's it's a lot of people that make a film crew. Yeah. So, Yeah. And do you have any any projects that are in, like you know in post right now, or no. you're 
you're still figuring it out. What's next? Ace Mother was my last project so far. Okay. <laughs> Not that I'm quitting. Actually. Yeah, yeah. But it was the last project that I did. I was supposed to do another project, but I ended up, um, I don't know what happened with that. Um, it just, things just change. Yeah, totally. And that's this one sure thing in this business. Them. Yeah. And that's Very amazing. disappointing, but yeah. things change. You know, it is what it is. Well, I love that. F- final few questions for you. You know, what's keeping you inspired right now during all these, you know, Trump, chaos, Corona, craziness? You know, what, what's keeping your head up? So going to work every single day. Um, I work at a nursing home and uh, I take care of maybe about. 16 different people every day. So I get to see, you know, my people when I come in and they're so sweet and, you know, they're, they're older people. So they've been through a lot and they have all these stories and these crazy personalities. And I'm sorry that I can't mention really any detail because of HIPAA. Yeah. (laughs) But they keep me going. And then also a year ago in August, I had filed for divorce from James, and now he and I are back together. So we're going to go ahead and get remarried. Oh, because he finally got his act together. Because I wasn't playing that shit. Okay, All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> fucking follow up on this motherfucker. I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna check in on you in six months, James. See what's going on. <laughs> That's amazing. And 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 Maya, for all for all the people out there listening that you know maybe are a little bit confused and and maybe grow up with parents that don't understand and are having a hard time with their identity. What, what, what would you say to them? I'd say take it one day at a time because we don't know everything about ourselves. You learn about yourself every single day. And no matter how old you are, you're still going to be learning new things about yourself. So just take it one day at a time and don't, don't let anybody tell you what you can't do. You know, I've always been the type of person where I can do. I don't take no for an answer. Like, for instance, James has this SUV. <laughs> All right, James. <laughs> he told, he told me that treadmill would not fit inside that truck. And I said, well, have you tried turning it at this angle? And we got it in there. So. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> Maya Taylor, I love you so much. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Let's do this again. This was so yeah. fun. I had a blast. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. I'll see you tomorrow at five. And <laughs> no, for real. Let's do this again. You're you're a true angel, and I'm I, I really look up to you so much, and I just got so much respect for you and so much love. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. To be continued. Okay. Yeah. All right. Talk soon. If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.